I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Yo, what's up? How you doing, everybody? We're over here now. I figured, um, I haven't done this in a while, but, um, I figured I'll attach this little, eh, I don't think you can call it a bonus mini episode, but I'm just going to talk about a few things before uh, we get into the episode uh, with Bull James. Um... Just random shit. Um, I'm a little shot. My voice is a little, uh, a little iffy because um, last night we went to go see uh, Slayer at Madison Square Garden on their final leg of their final tour. Holy shit, man! So, I haven't, I don't know, you might have heard me say it before on, on a podcast. I think it was the the first episode that I did with Michael Alago way back when I might have mentioned it. Last night was only the second time I've ever seen Slayer, which is weird because I've been to a thousand shows, but and it's not like Slayer never comes through the New York or New Jersey area for some reason. I don't know why. I just, I saw them once in, I think it was 90 or 91 on the original Clash of the Titans tour, where it was Alice in Chains opened up every date. And uh, that was like when their facelift album came out. Like they were, Alice in Chains wasn't even like a huge deal yet. They were big, but not insane yet. They were getting booed off the stage every night. That was uh, Alice in Chains. And they would, they would switch the, um, the order of the headlines because they played three headlining sets at that time because all three bands were like at their peak. It was Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth. So I saw them at the Orange County Fairgrounds back in, like I said, 90 or 91. It was outside. It was upstate in New York. It was fucking great. Um, But for some weird reason, I, I haven't seen them since until last night. And, uh, fuck, man. They were fucking incredible. Incredible. They're like a fucking machine. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that show. It, it was, um, there's four bands. You probably already, you're probably already hip to, I mean, maybe you don't know. Maybe, maybe you're listening to this because it's a, it's a, it's an episode with a wrestler. But, you know, you know, you can always fast forward. But, um, it was at the garden. And it was Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. And then it was Ministry. And then Primus. And then Slayer. Very odd bill. All four bands sound completely different. Um, But I'll tell you. Every band killed. Like, whatever it is that they do. Like, Primus does what they do. I'm a fan of Primus. I don't care what anybody fucking says. I think they're fucking great. Nobody sounds like them. They don't give a fuck if you think Primus sucks. It's like, all right, you hacky fucking idiot. Really? Is that all you got to say? Primus sucks. Just shut up. You sound like a fucking jerk off. But, um, but Philip Anselmo and the Illegals, <laughs> they did a classic Pantera set. And, you know, do I like Pantera? Yeah, I like Pantera. I'm not one of those over-the-top, I don't know. When I when I think Pantera, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is just me because I'm a half an idiot. But I think jock, dude, camo shorts, 
fucking Nike Air Max, Oakley glasses, fucking beer can can of beer in his hand, fucking singing the song "Walk." Like that's what I get whenever I hear Panther the word Pantera. That's the image that I get in my head. Is it legitimate? Probably not, but I don't know. At this point, I feel like they're a band that jock square idiots can use as a as as an answer to be like, yeah, you know, I, I listen to like metal and, and extreme music, you know, Pantera, like like that kind of fucking douchebag shit. But it was really fucking cool to hear some of those songs live with Phil singing them. And I don't give a fuck what you think of say about Phil and all the dumb fucking bullshit. Get over it. Fuck, get over it. Stop fucking trying to find shit to be offended about, you fucking crumpy fucking crybabies. Ugh, it's so fucking pathetic and fucking played out at this point. Everyone's offended. Go offend your mother. But... They did. They opened up with fucking mouth for war, and they did deep cuts, man. Like they did. I couldn't believe it. it's one of my favorite Pantera songs off of the least popular record, "Reinventing the Steel." They did. They did. Yesterday don't mean shit, and that's that's a song that I heard when it first came out in like 2000, I think. And from there on, like those lyrics, and I always say that shit. I'm not even just referring to the song. It's like it's just it just speaks to me. It's true. Stop fucking crying about yesterday. It's fucking, it's over. Tomorrow is the day you have to face. It's like, yo, shut the fuck up and move on with your fucking life and stop being a fucking crybaby. Sounds like I'm being a little bit of a cunty crybaby right now, right? It's just because it all fucking aggravates me. I've been very aggravated lately when it comes to certain little dumb shit. No patience anymore. But, uh, yo, but they killed it. It was great. And, of course, they had to close the fucking set with Walk, which... It was all right. You know, it, you're in the moment and you're there and you're live. It's like, all right, it's kind of cool that I was happy for Phil that, that this is happening. And people want to hear the Pantera songs. You know, there was nobody protesting over fucking shit that he did years ago. It's like, whatever. Get the fuck over it, like I said. But yeah, it was cool to see them. And then Ministry. Ministry was fucking great, man. And that's another band. I don't know why. I've never seen them live. I know they played the first ever Lollapalooza. I went to the second Lollapalooza. And something always fucking stopped me from going to see Ministry Live. You know, those early records. I mean, a lot of a lot of their stuff I think is fucking great. Even the, like their earlier stuff, you know, Land of Rape and Honey. And, you know, like in, what was it, like 92, they came out with the Psalm 69 record, you know, with Just One Fix and New World Order on it, which they played both of those songs. They played Jesus Built My Hot Rod. Um, they played Thieves. They played The Missing. They played Stigmata. They did a fucking Black Sabbath cover. They fucking covered Supernaut. Uh, yeah, they were fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was fucking ministry of all things and their record they didn't play anything off of it but their record Rio Grand Blood is fucking phenomenal I think it came out in like 07 or something like that I was at the time when I was listening to it I was like yo this is like my favorite record of the entire year ministry's Rio Grand Blood so if you haven't heard it and you're not hip you should check it out then Primus came on I saw Primus twice I saw them at Lollapalooza 93 and once at Roseland in, in Manhattan, the Roseland closed down a couple of years back, but um, great, fun, weird, trippy, oddball, fucking half hillbilly, fucking fisherman weirdo. I don't know, but it's fucking it's entertaining as fuck. I always found them fucking awesome, and they did classics, man. I I couldn't believe it. Like, there was certain things that they pulled out of their hat. Like, they opened up with those damn blue-collar tweakers from Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And then they went into fucking old-school Too Many Puppies, into Sergeant Baker, then back into Too Many Puppies. 
they did My Name is Mud. They did Mr. Crinkle. And they did Welcome to This World. And they did so much good shit, man. Um, Why Known as Big Brown Beaver. Professor Nut Butter. They all that crazy shit. Fucking entertaining as fuck. And then Slayer came on. And that fucking band is incredible. They are fucking so tight. There was a couple of times where I even told my girl, I'm like, yo, it sounds like they have a Slayer fucking CD playing on the PA. Like, it was so ridiculously tight. It's retarded, man. Retarded. Props to those guys. They deserve all the fucking respect in the world. If you're a fan, if you're not a fan, I don't give a fuck. You know, Les Claypool from Primus said it last night. They were like, you know, we get asked to play a lot of support stuff, you know, a lot of support stuff and whatever. And they usually like, nah, 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 we're Primus. We do whatever the fuck we want. And they were asked from the Slayer team. And they were like, fuck yeah, because Slayer has been around for so long and they never fucking veered. They never fucking straight the path even in those weird days when it was nothing but fucking limp biscuit and your fucking static x and all this fucking new metal whatever the fuck rap core metal all that weird shit that was happening all that abortion shit well slayer was putting out fucking slayer records so you got to give them fucking props and they'll go out on top and i think that this is really there they've never announced a final fucking tour. Yes, a final world tour. Yeah. And I hate that when people are like, oh, yeah, they announced the final show two years ago. I'm like, yeah, you fucking dick cheese. They fucking announced it, but they just started their tour. It might have been the final time they played that fucking city or that venue, you fucking ignorant jerk off. Oh, oh, they keep on saying it's their final tour. Yeah, you ever hear of that, that a tour has legs to a world tour? There's an East Coast run, a West Coast run, a United States run. There's a Canadian run. There's a fucking Asian run. Like, the fuck is wrong with you assholes? This is their final leg of their final tour. So they've never announced anything like that before. So it's a band that I think they're not bullshitting you. It's not a gimmick. They sell out places regardless. They don't need to fucking say that in order to get you there. Because, oh, it'll be the last time you see them. Nah. I think they're done. It sucks, but go out on top. Say fuck you. We're Slayer and we're out. All right, enough of that. I just rambled for fucking twelve minutes about that shit. Um, what else? Uh, here's a couple of fucking shows that are coming up, man. Um, we got fucking Obituary is playing in New York. Two nights. Wait, let me see. It's ridiculous. Um, ba, 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 ba. You know, Thursday, December 12th, and, and Friday, December 13th, Obituary is playing fucking St. Vitus in Brooklyn. On the 12th, they're playing all of Slowly We Rot in its entirety. That one I'm not going to. But the next day, on the 13th, they're playing all of Cause of Death in its entirety with two other bands, False Prophet and, and Extinction AD. I, I don't know. Don't really, don't really care, honestly. But that's another band. I don't know fucking why, man. Never seen them live. Fucking no idea. No clue why. But I'm going to see them on the 13th of December. Got tickets for that. Um, sick of it all and fucking agnostic front. They it's sold out in like in less than a day. All four shows. It was um they're playing two small uh four small like intimate fucking shows in the New York City area. And it's like yo, what is this fucking nineteen ninety one? I think it's amazing that these bands and. You know, all these all these bands are coming around full circle. You know, it's like 
the Slayer is ending, then ob- Obituary is coming around to fucking to to play like their old school fucking record in its entirety for like an anniversary. You know, I miss them and I fucking kick myself in the ass. I never seen them live either, but violence from fucking the Bay Area thrash band came around. They played two nights in a row here in Brooklyn and did the Eternal Nightmare record in its entirety. It's like, I remember fucking listening to that shit when I was a little kid. I like their second record better, but still I heard that they fucking killed it. And I feel like it was a lost opportunity because I never thought that I would even get a chance to see them. And I did get the chance to see them, but I said, fuck it, I'm going to see Slayer, which I don't know. I'm glad I saw Slayer. But now I wish I would have fucking, like, I would have went, like, the day before to go see violence. But whatever. It is what it is. But it's kind of cool that all these bands are still doing it, you know, from when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Agnostic Front and, and Sick of It All, they're playing four shows, um, four days in a row in, in and around the city. You know, Queens, Brooklyn, you know, Manhattan. Um, so I'm sure I'll probably be at the... Uh, the one at the Bowery Electric in, in the city. It's on the same block as where CBGB used to be. The new AF record fucking rules. Get loud. Um, I went to a... The other day, I went to Generation Records to Drew Stone, who, you know, put together and moderated a, a Q&A session with Sean Taggart, which if you heard, I did an episode with Sean Taggart, the, the artist who did the AF, the Agnostic Front, and a million other bands, you know, artwork. Um, he did the he did the newest Agnostic Front record, and it's almost like a part two of what he did for the Course for Alarm album. Um, so they did like a, a little Q and A stuff, and I bought the record. Um, it was like limited edition green vinyl. It was like limited like two hundred, just a Generation Records exclusive. So um, I grabbed one of those, and it was cool. And uh, I will. I'll announce it right now. I mean, you might have seen it on social media, but I am going to announce that, um, you know, it's it's nothing. It's not, it's not a, it's not, if you know me, it's like, I, I don't do this for, for money or anything like that because it's just not about that. And this little sponsorship isn't about really money either. But um, it's about other things that we that we discussed. But Generation Records is now like the first ever sponsor of this podcast. Um, I think it's fucking really cool. They're a New York city institution at this point. They're a record store that, that embraces and there's so much New York hardcore stuff that happens there. Um, and they, they support everything that, you know, I mean, when I was still doing shows, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, I did like those veteran benefits and stuff. I would go in there. They didn't know me from a hole in the wall. And I would actually put a huge poster up in the window, you know, to promote, to promote the show. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like it's a hardcore show. Like that, that, that's awesome. And it's fucking, it's great. They're great fucking people. So I had literally over like a slice of pizza and a fucking 10 minute conversation. Not even. I spoke with Mark at Generation Records and we came up with a cool little, uh, cool little thing. So, yeah, I mean, if, if if you don't know of them or if you come into the city and you're just not aware, you should check them out. They're um, they're on Thompson Street. They're they're located at uh, two ten Thompson Street in the city in Greenwich Village. And well, from here, I don't like even saying Greenwich Village; it's the village. Um, yeah, but they're a great store, two ten Thompson Street, and uh, they have tons of vinyl and merch and. They have a lot of in-store signings, like a band will drop a record. They'll have the band and sign and stuff. They'll have Q&A stuff. Um, I've seen a couple of bands play there. Like, like it, it's small. Downstairs, they'll just put up a, a little makeshift little little spot, and there'll be bands fucking playing there. They've been around since 92, and they're still going strong, and they support all of the shit that, you know, that we do. So it's a cool little, I guess, partnership, I guess you can say, you know? So, um... Yeah, I'm happy to uh, to announce that. You know, I, I I never really I never ask people for, you know, to sponsor or anything like that. But listen, if if you know of somebody or if you have a business or or something like that, but you know, it's I'm not going to do anything. You know, it's it's you know I'm not going to do it. You know, if you have a fucking I don't know, 
I, I don't even know offhand, but like it's got to be something that you know related to something that I do. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, if you sell fucking flowers on the street, what the fuck you want me to do with that? You know what I mean? You had a flower guy over there. You, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, douchebags and daisies over there. I don't know, but if you have like a business, you know, if it's music related or. Or just something blue collar, like legit blue collar, or something like that. You know, hit me up and we could discuss it. You know, I, it, it's, it might not even be any kind of money at all that I want because I, I really don't care. I'm not getting any any actual physical money from you know Generation Records. We have other things happen. So does it, sponsorship doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving me any money because. You can keep your fucking money. I don't want your money. I have a job. You know? So, yeah. Other than that, please do me a favor. And I'm trying to push this this podcast network. So, I say it all the time. But if you go to my, to my, um, my Instagram page and you click the link in the bio... And it'll send you to Linktree, and it has, you know, all the major spots where you can get this podcast. And it also has the social media links where you can find Dark Satellite Media um, on Instagram. And there's a Facebook group, and there's a Twitter account. So please, get the word out there for me. There's nine podcasts total. Some are more active than others. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, I, I know I'm going to keep the actual network, but I might have to sit down and reevaluate and maybe have like a, like a new, like a, like, like a relaunch and make some changes because I feel like it's, it's sitting there stagnant and I don't like sitting stagnant. I like shit to happen. So yeah, I'm probably going to do like a new, like a little relaunch in a little while. But I have a lot of shit going on right now. Um, yeah, so just go to the link in, in the in – it's at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on Instagram. Just hit that link, and that'll send you – it'll open up a new page. And all you got to do is just tap whatever it says. It says the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on iTunes. Hit that. It'll send you right to it. It's so fucking self-explanatory, and it's almost 2020. And if I can't fucking – if I have to still explain this shit to you, I fucking don't know what to tell you. But regardless of all that, I have rambled way too much. Um, but there was a few things I just wanted to talk about because, you know, lately I just, I, you know, I have people on and we just blah, 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 blah. And then we just, and I just shut it down. So, yeah, I wanted to do that. Um, so thank you. And then we're going to get into uh, episode uh, 131 with wrestler Bull James who is a great dude. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll hear it. Uh, we met at Brooklyn Bazaar and it's kind of a shorter one. Um, we were, we were downstairs in, uh, it was like a dressing room because it was like women's wrestling going on. And we just like went into a room where we were allowed to, obviously, and there was nobody in there. It was just me and him. But after a while, it's like, we kind of had to get out of there because it was way too hectic. And like, I guess these wrestler girls needed to come in and change and, get whatever, get ready for to do their all their gimmicks. So it, we kind of got cut a little bit, a bit short. I think it's been about 45 minutes or so. So it's not the usual length as a normal episode, but it deserves to be its own episode because he's super, super, super fucking nice guy. And um, probably somewhere down the line, we'll sit down and have a proper hour, hour and a half conversation and talk about other things as well. But uh, I appreciate your time as always. And, uh, yeah, enjoy episode 131 coming up now, yo. Later. You have been warned. Yeah. Brooklyn, New York, it's where they take
take your soul from you. The body avalanche will break your bones for you. Your family gonna have to atone for you. Dial 911 on the phone for you. It's dark here and it's way too cold for you. Do you know what the struggle like? Oh, you the getting in the trouble type? Oh, you trying to catch a mash out? Going in the wall with the gas mask out? Do you know what the struggle like? Oh, you the getting in the trouble type? Oh, you trying to catch a mash out? Going in the wall with the gas mask out? one of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast in the basement of the Brooklyn Bazaar with a Brooklyn native. Introduce yourself, my man. What's going on, everybody? This is Bull James, formerly of WWE NXT. Nice. And yeah, well, yeah, can we, can we say that, well, you used to be Bull Dempsey? Sure. But you're not allowed to use that? Formerly known as. Right. Yeah. Vince McMahon owns that? Uh, yes, he does. So therefore, you're not allowed to say it. Uh, I can say <laughs> it. Well, you can't, can't use it. Yeah, formerly known as. Nice. Get around the cease and desist, so. <laughs> right, for exactly. you and me. Yeah. Well, listen. If 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 this gets back to Vince McMahon, <laughs> I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. Well, pleasure to meet you, man. Um, I know that we have mutual friends. Yes, we do. Um, I'm a huge wrestling fan, especially as a kid. I don't know how old you are, but I'm 44. I think I have a couple of years on I'm you. 31. Okay. Oh. Oof. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I grew up. I mean, I did. This is you know, the third wrestler that I had on. First guy was Mike Mayo, Mike Cruel. Yep, I know Mike. And and fucking <laughs> Schlack. Schlack, of course. Yeah. Uh, of course, Schlack. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Brooklyn. So as you know, well, back well, see, back then in like the early '80s, when I was like five, six, six, five, six years old, we had like Channel Five Saturday Morning Superstars of Wrestling. <laughs> All of the Vince stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? So once, I mean, I said this on a couple of the podcasts, but who cares? I'm just having a normal conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I I grew up watching all of the Vince stuff, all that early. I mean, Tony Atlas, Rocky Johnson tag sure, team yeah. stuff. And the, uh, my second favorite tag team of all time <laughs> with Captain Lou. Fucking the hardest ever. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Um, and... You know, waking up in the morning and watching that. And then I, I mean, I was kind of hip, but I got a little hip, I guess, late in the game. I, I guess you could say I was like seven 
when my mother used to work in King's Plaza and whenever, like, there would be, like, whatever week it was or whatever would come out, she would always buy me, like, Pro Wrestling Illustrated oh, sure. or whatever it was. So, so from those magazines... I learned about all of the other territories yeah, and, and all that stuff. But, and I was always like, like I was like reading up on like Carlos Cologne and like Magnum TA and stuff. Like, but I was like, I don't have a chance to watch these sure. people. You know what I mean? Because of the local TV. And yeah. Because yeah. we had what, seven stations. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what did you like? What did you grow up watching? Like, like, what was your whole deal? Do you give, take us back and give us like a, a a bull James little quick synopsis. Well, I got my grandfather used when when VHSs started getting like all the rage. Sure, he bought the old uh, recorders, VHS recorder. You had to hook up to the TV and then put the VHS in, and then that's how it recorded it off the TV. Okay, old school. Yeah, and so sure. when I would go to his house, he would give me all these tapes. And what is this? Right. And then it was, and I was, you know, I was young. So I'm watching, it was like Sesame Street. He would tape for me and Mr. Rogers and all that. Of course. Then I pop one in and it was like a SummerSlam. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then I went back to him with the tape and I'm like, I want this, more of this. What is this? Yeah. And then he started laughing because it's what he wanted. That was his, his goal was to. Oh, th- so did he kind of some wrestling. You know? Right. Yeah. So then that was it. I, I, he was always showing me stuff and whatever it was on, I'd be with him and we'd watch it together. Yeah. And then he got sick and passed away when I was still really young. Um, and then I kind of got out of it. It just, I don't know. And I don't know if being that young, that there was that, if I was cognizant enough to realize like that that was our thing together. So I didn't want to touch it. Right. Or I was just growing up and grew out of it. Sure. I don't know what, you know. Yeah. But, you know, then later on, the attitude era hit, and I was guns blazing back in the game. Let's go. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, and then just from there, it just snowballed, and I just became a fanatic. And the point even, like, uh, my grades would slip, because I would just, I wouldn't be doing my homework, or I wouldn't be writing down notes in class. I would just be thinking about, like, what my wrestling name was going to be. Sure. Stuff like that. That's you know? heavy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then that was it. And I turned 17, I found a school, and that was it. Yeah. yeah, off to the races, yeah. Huh. Who was, like, as a kid, like, like there was... I mean, my fi- my favorite all-time is Randy Savage. <laughs> ne- next to next to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep. I'm a heel guy. I was always, you know... Jimmy was always the type of guy to root for the bad guy in the movie. Like, no, that's me all day <laughs> yep. long. Always a heel guy. Um, I was I was a Hulkamaniac. But, well, of course, yeah. But, yeah. I remember that exact moment when he beat the Iron Sheik and I was jumping around the house. Yeah, but I, I could watch. Even as a kid, Piper just mesmerized me. Oh, just, he was just so out of his mind. <laughs> when he would talk and he would just start rambling. Oh, yeah, you know. And I was just... What the nuts? This, this is awesome. Yeah, he's bad shit. Like I've heard stories. I mean, I never met the guy. Which uh, I, I was lucky enough to meet him a couple times. He was amazing, man. Like, I heard that he was a sweetheart of a guy. He was amazing. He first time I met him, um, I was maybe nineteen, a year and a half in the wrestling business. Yeah, and I, I see him, and we were in a locker room together, and we're walking up the stairs, and I'm like, I gotta say something to him because he's leaving. Like, I got to I gotta get some time with him. Yeah, man. So I just, you know, excuse me, sir. You know, I'm just starting out in wrestling. I just wanted to ask you if you had any advice for me. Yeah. And he stopped short. He looked at me and chuckled. And he put his arm around me. And he, we walked up the stairs. And we sat down on this bench outside. And he just started, like, just going and just giving me advice. Really? And then he had a couple. There was, like, Pat Patterson, a couple of the legends that were, like, at this convention. Yeah. They were like, hey, we're going to get dinner. Let's go. He goes, oh, I'll meet you over there. I'll take a cab. And he stayed with me for another 20 minutes. Really? And I never forgot that. And I never, I didn't see him for years and years after that. And uh, right before he died, I got to see him again. And I made sure to thank him for that. Because it just, it always impacted me of, this guy's done all this stuff and so much. He didn't have to do that. Not at all. You know, not one bit. And so that was just, to me, so cool. Yeah, and, without a doubt. Because as soon as I don't even remember parts of what he said to me, because I was in my head like, "This is Roddy Piper. We're just sitting on a bench outside chilling." Like, of course, <laughs> yeah, I completely, <laughs> yeah, I completely get you that. You know, as a nineteen-year-old kid, forget it. Yeah, and like as soon as you started that story, like when when you said you approached him, like I put myself in his shoes. I guess you could say, but like he's probably heard that a million times, mm-hmm. and probably. Could have just been like, oh god, like another one. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he had because it's there's a lot of guys. See, I'm just assuming. That, I don't know. They just they don't have that approach somebody and talk to them. 
Yeah. And I don't know if it's a Brooklyn thing or what. I think it is. I say I talk to anybody. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I always just looked at it as like, he bleeds red. Fuck this. I'm going to go talk. Yeah. Can I curse on here? Is that okay? Of course. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. I figured Slack was on. So yeah, I oh, God. <laughs> but no, I, you know, fuck that. I'm going to talk to this guy. He puts his socks on before his shoes, just like everybody else. Yeah. And that was, and it, but. That, but that's just, again, it goes back to, I don't know if it's a regional thing or if it's where we grew up, but that's just the way that I approached everything. Yeah. I approached Vince McMahon like that the first time I, I ever laid eyes on him. Yeah, we got, I, we, I, we, I, you, you have to, you, hold on, you, you're not allowed to just jump I'm right jumping into, all over the place. You can't jump, right, you can jump everywhere, <laughs> but when it comes to you talking and sitting down with Vince McMahon, you oh, gotta sit, ease no, in no, no, he never sat down. Oh, no? No, no, no. Really? You no, know, he was hands off NXT. He came down a couple times, but. All right, so you met him. Now, how did that... You set the stage of... How'd that go down? Because Vince McMahon is like... Listen, I know I've heard stories that, you know, he's a tyrant, this and that, but you have to be in order to be a billionaire like that. The fucking dude, regardless of how you feel, is a genius. Hands fucking down. He's the king, man. But he... I find him fascinating. If you approach him and put your hand out he'll shake your hand he's not a dick he's not you know he might be a, maybe people have stories where oh, of course good that wasn't my experience with him I had very awesome. minimal experience with him but I was booked as an extra so like you know, when you see the pull aparts on TV the security guards those are usually local talents that are just trying to get a shot so my first time doing that what year uh, is this oh man um maybe like 2009 okay I think I gotta I gotta go look back on that okay I think like 2009 so I'm still four or five years into wrestling. Still new. And I'm in this security guard shirt. And I'm like trying to fit in and look comfortable. And I see Jim Ross walk down the hall. You're not comfortable, are you? Are you no, I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so JR's coming down the hallway. Love that guy too. Yeah, and he's looking at his papers. And I said, all right, well. So I just, I stood, I like turned my body so that I was in his way. So he had to stop. Right. And then I introduced myself. And he, was, you know, he introduced himself back and went on his way. I'm like, all right, that was cool. I met JR. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I'm like on my phone real quick, like sneaking it, because I didn't I thought I'd be in trouble for being on my phone. Sure. You know, I was still a kid. And then I see this like plaid jacket coming towards me. And in my head, I'm like, who the fuck would wear that? And then I went, I know who, because he dresses like my dad. And I put my phone away. I knew it was Vince. And I did the same thing I did to JR without even thinking. Turned my body, put my hand right in his chest, and introduced myself. And he looked me up and down and stopped short. Ha! <laughs> Nice to meet you too, <laughs> because he respected the fact that I kind of challenged him. I got yeah. I got in his in his path. Yeah, that was obviously his path because everybody else was part in the sea. Yeah, and here's some kid he's never met before, just going, "Hi, sir, how are you?" Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? I'd like to say that that's a Brooklyn thing. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, you know, but he he respected it because he he kind of laughed at it. <laughs> nice to meet you too. We got a kick out of it. Yeah. Know? Like and this then, kid has a pair of balls on him. Yeah, That's good. and then I years, respect that. years later, you know, any interaction I had with him, which again was no more than high and by, really. But I always did the same thing when I would see guys like cowering against the wall, like, "Oh, hi, sir." Like, you guys can stay here. I'm going to go talk to the guy. Yeah, yeah. But I would that. just go and shake his hand. You know, like like I said, it was never. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say me and Vince, you know, sat down and had creative meetings together, or had lunch together. But right. The minimal times that I saw him, I always made sure that I. Up front in his face. How's yeah. it going? Nice, you know, nice to see you again. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't have that, and it kind of sets you apart. Yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. And that's why, again, I think it's just a Brooklyn thing. So. Yeah, it has to be a Brooklyn <laughs> thing. We have a way about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like whatever, man. Like, just start fucking bulldoze my way. <laughs> you want to talk to him? I have to go talk to him. Whatever. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Get like, away from me. All right. All right. Yeah, great. It's not the first time or the last time that's ever going to happen. Whatever. I've been told to fucking beat it by better people. You know what I mean? So now, you mentioned earlier before you glazed over it. All right. You, 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 how did you, like, you found a school? Like, like, like. Yeah. So, you know, Johnny Rods was always training out of Gleason's gym and, he, and he's trained. I, so many people. I remember when he was wrestling when I was a little kid. Yeah, so, you know, that was always kind of on my list, but uh, I went and checked it out, and it wasn't really, it just didn't, something didn't sit right, and then I just kind of forgot about it, and then I was working, um, when I was in high school, I was working on a loading dock, and a guy put up posters for his first match in Jersey, I'm like, well, I'll see if I can get, my mom will take me, I'll go check it out, you know? Yeah. So, she didn't go, my brother wanted to go. So I'll go to a wrestling show, whatever. So he brought me. And I was like, this is awesome. It was some high school gym. It was packed out. 
this is incredible. Like, I want to do this. And they had little pamphlets with, they had a wrestling school. Okay. So I saved up some money. Um, and my dad helped me out with the rest, and we got a little beater car for me. And the second I, gra- I graduated high school, uh, when I was still 17 when I graduated. So as soon as I graduated, I just started going four times a week. Oh, shit. School was open four times a week. I'd be there four times a week. Nice. And it just, it, I didn't look back to this day. It's just, huh. we're going. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, you were trained by a couple different people. Yeah. So the school I was at uh, was a guy named Gino Caruso, who we had, over the years, had a couple issues. I'll get to that. I'm sure maybe I'll cover that. So, If you but, want. It's, oh, no, it's no, all no. yours, man. No, we're fine now. But at one point, uh, I had lined up uh, a pretty big venue for a show. I was going to do New Utrecht High School. A <laughs> pretty big venue. And they they were going to buy the show. It was a fundraiser. Okay. And I had no business even thinking about doing this because I was like 19 years old again. But again, it's the Brooklyn thing. So I'm going to go hustle and make some money. Right. And he caught wind of it. He was running that area. It was his area. So he sent his cronies into the school. Was like, oh, yeah, we ran a show with them and we got screwed out of money and blah, blah. So they pulled the plug on the show. Okay. So he... Had a show coming up in Brooklyn two weeks after that. So after doing his ring crew for so many years, I knew that the truck didn't shut. The truck was too small for the boards, so the boards stuck out of the truck. Okay. So the door closed on top of the boards, and then it bungeed shut. Okay. I went, wait a minute. That thing's sitting there. So (laughs) I rolled up. I unbungeed it. I threw the door open. I grabbed uh, one of the ring posts out of the truck, and I threw it behind the school, in between the school and this fence where nobody could... Find it. Find it, yeah. And then I closed it and bunched it up. So when they went to the show the next day to set it up, there was only three ring posts. Without <laughs> the ring posts, you can't put the frames in. Without the frames, you can't put the wood. And the right, ring can't right. Be it's, it's, it's shot. It's, you so, fucked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Eventually, somebody found it. I heard they didn't start the show till like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. The whole thing was just <laughs> fucked. So. Yeah. But, you know, since then, we're fine. Okay. I think I think it kind of woke up. Sometimes, like, sometimes hey, you got to jack a fucking ring post. <laughs> hey, Listen. <laughs> you can, maybe you can fuck with other people, but you got the wrong guy on this one. Right. I'm sorry. You know? Now I just run away with your ring phone. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Not not that anybody out there should do what I did. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Yeah. They'll, get, they'll get caught probably. Yeah, nowadays, everybody yeah. has a uh, camera. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so you, you were also trained by Matt Bourne. Yeah. So after, after that... Um, well, let's just say Gino didn't welcome me back after that. So okay. I kind of went my own way. Okay. And, but I had made friends with a lot of people. Um, these guys, Judas Young and Danny Inferno. Danny Inferno was in Deep South Wrestling under WWE developmental contract. Um, they really looked out for me. And then through them, I met guys like Danny Doring and Crowbar and uh, Little Guido and Dreamer. And it just kind of... And it, yeah, it just spiraled, yeah. you know? And I just kept meeting these guys and they just kept helping me. And uh, after that, I ran into Matt Bourne, and I knew he's old school. He's not going to want to pre-plan any of this match. Right. He wants to call everything in the ring. Yeah, so I yeah. went up to him, said, hey, sir, just want, you know, we're working together tonight. Um, whatever you want to do. And I walked away. And I kind of threw him for a loop because he's always used to guys trying, oh, I do this, this, and this. Well, tonight you don't. Right. You know? Make it so, easy. Yeah. Fuck it. So I walked away, and he was kind of, I saw, I just kept catching him staring at me. And then, finally, we had the match. Um, we get to the back, and he goes, kid, you got some talent. I live right up the block. You come stay with me and my girl tonight. Go home tomorrow. So, all right, I got nowhere to be. So, okay. I stayed by him. He bought a case of beer and a bottle of Crown. He goes, we're going to finish this, and we're going to watch some wrestling. Okay. Right. <laughs> and we did. And that was it. Yeah, he looked out for me more than so many people. He was amazing. Really? And um, after training with him, uh, Taz opened up his finishing school on Long Island. And so I signed up for that. And I was at the point where either... He's not still out there, is he? No, no. But I was at the the point where it was either, I'm either going to go all in on this thing or I'm going to stop. Right. And the same brother that brought me that first wrestling show, we were together on Christmas Eve one year. And I was telling him, you know, I might be done with this. Time to go get a city job, get a pension, and do what I got to do. Right. And he goes, well, he goes, look, school's always going to be there, and we can always find a hook somewhere to get you a job. This stuff has a time time limit on it. Right. Oh, you sure. Know, this is not going to last forever. Right. 
So while you have the, the time on your side, just chase it. Yeah, take advantage of it. Sure. And that just punched me right in the stomach. And I went, yeah, well, what was I worried about? Yeah. And so that was it. I just hit the ground running. I, every last cent I had went into Taz's six-week program. And he pulled me aside at the end of it. And he said, uh, I know you paid for six weeks. But every class that comes in after you, I want to use you as the example. So you're welcome to come back and train with us. And no charge. Just come back. That's okay. fucking awesome, dude. And so that was that. And then again, it just kept snowballing, snowballing, snowballing. And then with all those experiences from all those guys, that's what helped me get to that next level. You know, and I never forgot any of that. And that's why I always have great, I still have a great relationship with all of them. Yeah. You don't forget where you came from. You know, right. and I feel like now a lot of people forget where they came from. Of course. So, and to me, it's like you either fall in, in line with the rest of them and act like them, or you just stay true to yourself. And to me, I got to wake up and look myself in the mirror. So. Right. Huh. That's fucking awesome. So once, once you would, you know, basically done with Taz's school, is that when you, how did you get like discovered to 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 go into and like how does that process? So, I'm ignorant when it comes to that portion of I the was, business. I was still just doing independent dates and just trying, trying, trying. But the the show that I wrestled with Matt Bourne on the night that him and I hit it off, Bill Demont was also on that show. Okay, and. Going back to the guys I mentioned earlier, Danny Inferno, who was trained deep south under Bill, introduced me to Bill. Then Bill took that when I walked away, and he went to Doring and Guido. Hey, what's this kid's deal? And they both put me over. Nice. And so then he pulled me aside, was asking about me, whatever. But he was he wasn't with WWE at the time. He was just one. He was just curious. Yeah. So uh, he got his job back with NXT. Again, not one of those guys where I'm going to go, hey, can I have a job? Right. Remember me? Right. So I was like, all right, let me just. And then I was, again, everything that's broken for me in wrestling is when I've been ready to stop. Okay. So I was, again, I got down on myself. I'm like, I'm done with this. I said, this is, I'm going to give it one last shot because Ring of Honor told me no. TNA told me no. I'm going to just email Bill and see what happens. And I said, I'm not sure if you remember me, but this is who I am. Blah, blah, blah. I'm interested in getting booked as an extra. And doing, you know, and he got right back to me. I said, "Yes, yeah, send me your stats." So I sent it to him. He goes, "All right, uh, call this person. Tell them I told you to call." And so I did that. I um, did that. Got booked as an extra for two or three shows, and then um, from there, William Regal and Scott Armstrong were watching the extras have their matches, and they saw my my work, and they pulled me aside. Hmm. And they were, hey, where'd you come from? How long you been doing this? Blah blah blah. Make sure you see us before you go. Okay. Yeah. And then William Regal told me, hey, we're coming back here. You know, somewhere close in the area the next month. We want you there. So call this person in the office and tell them I told you. To call. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. So yeah. I called that person. Oh, if he told you to call, you're booked. So okay. And I went. And I had cut a promo for him the time before that he really, really liked. And he made me do it over and over and all these different emotions and everything. Right. So now it was time for the promo the second time. And I wasn't on the list to cut them. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, what does that mean? Did I, did I screw up? Wait, yeah. Right? So I go to Matt Stryker. He was working there at the time. And I said, hey, uh, can, I, can I do this? Like, what the hell? Why is my name on it? He goes, just let the people that need to speak for you speak for you. You've talked enough. And I went. All right, what does that mean? Yeah, I was just going to say, what the fuck does that even mean? And he walked away. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> you're killing me here. So then, uh, but then later <laughs> that night, uh, Regal grabbed me and he said, hey, I got you in a tryout for February in Tampa. They're going to call you this week and get you. I'm like, uh, thank you? Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Like, what a weird. Yeah, it's like the Vatican, you know? It's like the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. But it's like. Yo, it's like you fucking have me on edge, like the anticipation. It, did, did it, I guess they have to do that on, did they do that on purpose. I'm sure. Just you to know, see how you... Yeah, everything's a test, man. How you yeah. hold it all together and shit, like your yeah. military bearing. Like, yeah, it's, fuck, yeah. it's a test. And again, I don't think any of this, I don't think I overcome any of this without bringing it all full circle, without bringing, being a Brooklyn guy. Right. It's just that upbringing. You know, there's something about us that other people don't have in them. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that, that, you know, that, that was my upbringing, that I was, you know, the way the universe works. I was born into the family I was born into and the 
people that were around then that influenced me as a kid. And, you know, we have no, we have no choice where we wind up. So it's pretty right. crazy that, you know, to me, at least when I look back at it, I'm like, how did this all just happen? Oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's fucking great. Though. Yeah. That's a fucking beautiful thing. So when you were in NXT, was Dusty there still? Absolutely. Yeah. How was he? He was amazing. He was fucking incredible. He, I heard nothing but awesome shit about he, Dusty Rhodes. Without him, I don't know if my my push would have lasted as long as it did. I don't know if my time there would have lasted as long as it did. Because I know how I was written for before he died. And I know how I was written for after he died. Right. And he wasn't really a writer on the show, but they the writers listened to him. Right. And I just know the difference in what happened before he died, what happened after, as far as me goes. Right. So I know, I can say wholeheartedly that Dusty had my back. Yeah. I was a Dusty guy, and I saw Dustin recently, Goldust. Yeah. And uh, just connecting through that, he was, we were just catching up, and it was just really cool, because he flat out was just like, you're like part of the family, man. I will just keep doing your thing, and glad to see you still out here. And he's just, he's always been awesome. Yeah. The whole family's amazing. Huh. Yeah, and just re- not, and now now you'll get the wrestling Twitter nerds that oh he's trying to get signed by AEW. No, I'm trying to say that <laughs> Dustin Runnels and Cody Runnels and Teal and Michelle and everything, they've always been amazing people to me. Right. And that, that family's amazing. I miss Dusty every day. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that was a that was a bad one, man. Yeah. I mean, I was crushed with that. I mean it's 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 so sad. I mean, we can go into the whole dead wrestlers thing, but I mean fucking Randy Savage destroyed me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, he was like my favorite, blah, blah, blah. And then Piper, what was it? Then it was, it was Savage, then Piper. Yeah. And then Dusty and all this. But the, um, the one, the one thing uh, that I do want to touch on was right before I moved down there to go to Orlando, to go to NXT, uh, I went to Matt Bourne's house, like I had done for how many years before that now at that point. Right. And had a couple beers. He was off to Massachusetts the next day. And gave me a big hug. And it's one of those things looking back now that I'm like, why didn't he give me, like, like why is he still squeezing me? Like, well, I'm going to see him in a month, you know? Yeah. And uh, gave me a big hug, told me how proud he was of me. Went on his way. I went on mine. And a couple of days later, as I'm driving through Florida, right over the, across, right in the Florida, and I get the call from his uh, girlfriend that he had died. Ugh. And crushed me. But then it's like, you know, I'm not not a, I'm not big on not too big of a religious guy. Or, right, me neither. But, but you look at like just the universe, you know. Sure. It was almost like at least somebody somewhere waited for me to get into Florida to make sure I got there safe before breaking that <laughs> news to me. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, that kind of thing. You know, just how the universe is crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think like that too. Sometimes in certain situations, it's just, absolutely. It's, and I'm sure it's just coincidence, but it's a hell yeah. of a goddamn coincidence. It's a hell, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's it's funny. It makes you think. Like, it's just deep shit. You know? It is deep it shit. It does, but in a good way. So it's... yeah, I just recently saw Dustin at the New Jersey HorrorCon. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, man. you know, you know who was fucking awesome. That I was like, I, had, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll meet this guy because I'm a big horror guy, and you know. But so we go to these conventions, me, my girl, my daughter, and uh, Boogeyman was there. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, he's he's great too, man. Dude, like he's fantastic. He was like, but he was in full. Oh yeah, gimmick, yeah, bro. Absolutely. Like everything. I expect nothing less from him. He does. He's awesome, and he looked. Great, like just like he did fucking twelve years <laughs> yeah. ago on TV. I'm like, holy shit, you know. Yeah. And I was like, just for the fact because he's in full gimmick, the whole thing, the clock, everything. I was like, I, I have to meet this guy. So went over to him, and he's 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 like ten feet away, and my daughter's ten. She just turned ten, <laughs> and he just stares at her. And now my daughter's not really scared. Like you yeah. know, she watches horror movies and stuff. Sure. But he's kind of intimidating looking to a child. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? And she, like, kind of put her head down and, like, turned into me a little bit. And then he walked over to her and he, like, kneeled down and he was like, listen, he was like, I can take these contacts out. I can take these teeth out. I can take all this makeup off. He's like, never be scared of anything. That's awesome. And then right from there, like, that, like, like, like was awesome for me. Like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then she, right off the bat, was, like, at ease. 
Yeah. You know, and he took pictures with her, and he's like, you want to get on my shoulders? And she's like, nah, it's all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was super fucking nice. Yeah, he's a good dude. Signed a thing for her for free, and it's like a picture of him, like, doing a jump off the top rope. And oh, it says something, awesome. something like, um, like, dreams do come true, like, blah, blah, blah. It was yeah. like, it was, it was so fucking cool. Yeah. For him to do that, and and just the way he interacted with my daughter was like aces. No, he's great, man. Yeah, he's, like, he's always been top notch and stuff. Like yeah, I never met the guy. I never yeah. knew what to expect. Yeah. I never seen him at a convention before. I never seen him wrestle live. I, yeah. tried, I had no idea. But yeah, it was fucking really cool, man. Hell yeah. So, so let's talk. What else you want to talk about? You let's let's get into some fucking old school something. Let's, <laughs> Beef, it's some well, kind you know, of... T- tonight we're at Outlaw Wrestling here at Brooklyn Bazaar. There we go. Um, something that I've been working closely with uh, probably in the last like, two or three years now. There was something that we had scheduled, but then something came up. I could, I think I had to work. Something came up. I think up. that was the first uh, women's show. Uh, here? Here, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, somebody, one of my friends came to me and he said, hey, I want to start. He'd run wrestling shows in the past, but then he got out of it. Okay. But he said, you know, I want to start up again. I don't really have the connections, but with everywhere you've been, all the things you've done now, you know, can you help me out with getting talent? I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And he goes, well, I want to do it in Brooklyn, so I need a Brooklyn guy to kind of help right. me out well, with Well, this. there you go. So, well, okay, no problem. Yeah. And, you know, now, um, I mean, I hope you're sticking around, catch some of the show. Yeah. But, I mean, it it's, starts at 8 o'clock, right? Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome, man. I mean, the crowd's been amazing, and it's like where there was this lull in Brooklyn where too many, too many of the people were on the wrong side of the guardrail. That were running wrestling shows. Okay. And now um, my buddy Chris just giving us kind of the the ball to run with. And it's like Brooklyn Wrestling's back from the dead. So it's it's been pretty it's been pretty wild so far. Awesome, man. So, so what are you doing as far as like wrestling wise? Wrestling wise, man, I'm just I, I got um, the school in uh, Deer Park on Long Island. Yeah, my WC school. Okay. It was Mikey Whitbreck's old school, but he's out in Pennsylvania. It's now. your school. It, yep, it's my school. Uh, I'm the head trainer again. It was it was Mikey's school originally. Okay. And then he moved to Pennsylvania. Tony Nice took it over. And then when I got released from WWE, Tony was getting signed. So it was the perfect, you know, just transition into keeping a, a head coach that knew what they, knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and it's been going great. Got that going on. Doing any and every independent show that'll have me. Yeah. Um, going to Japan at the end of this month. I'm leaving on November 22nd. Then I'm going to the UK for three weeks after that. And then I get back uh, in January 22nd. So two months exactly. So I'm going to miss Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and my birthday. So Nice. <laughs> you got to love this shit. You'll be over in Japan, right? Yeah, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, it's all right, man. I was over in um, in March for DDT, and I'm going back for them now. Uh, December is the big tournament. So I'm excited. What's DDT? DDT is a company where Joey Ryan got famous. Flipping the guy with his dick, and they do a lot of wacky comedy. But they also have a lot of really, really talented guys. Like I know one of the nights I'm going to wrestle Masato Tanaka. Sick. Uh, so I mean, like, there's they got some good shit going on over there. Nice. So I'm, I'm excited to go back. What have you? Have you? I mean, I'm sure you have, but I'm just like, have, have you wrestled any of like those old school golden era dudes? Oh sure. I mean, from the states, definitely. I mean, I. By the time I was 20... Did you wrestle Greg the Hammer? Yeah, I wrestled Snooker, Tito, Beefcake, Valentine. Sick. I mean, by the time by the time Snooker died, I had wrestled him maybe 25 or 30 times. Really? Yeah. He was just... He was comfortable with me. I would have his easy three-minute match with him and make him safe and feel comfortable. And he knew he had nothing to worry about, so he would always tell the promoter, hey, keep me with him. Yeah. So just every time I'd wrestle once earlier in the night to save the promoter money. Now I was working twice, so I would wrestle once early earlier in the night and then put on a black singlet, black mask, and be like mass mass uh, executioner or something. And yeah. Wrestle snooker. Yes. But uh, <laughs> but I didn't care because every, every night I was looking up and seeing Jimmy jump off the second and just going, "This is awesome. This yeah. is fucking cool." <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. It's some fucking yeah. It's I, like I, surreal shit. Yeah. That's why that's why I enjoy doing you know good podcasts like this one. Yeah. Where, it kind of lets me. Is it good? Stuff. I don't know. It's just yeah, bullshit. No, no, it's no, trust me. It's some really, really bad ones. Is there? Yeah, no. I've I've stopped doing them for the most part, actually. So have you really? Yeah, I did all the bigger ones, and then so now I'm just I pick and choose what I do with that. Yeah, I I don't I don't like I said. Yes, of course I have questions just to have a conversation, but like I don't have. You know, it's not. A, I'm not interrogating you. you know no, what I mean? no, just chilling, having fun. Yeah, just chilling out in a fucking in the basement. Basement, Brooklyn Bazaar. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame. This place is going to be gone soon. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks. So, I mean, well, we're going to try to go out with a bang tonight and have some fun. Yeah, do you have any plans? What, what Like, what's going on? Like, where are you going to move this well, to? The normal uh, events that that we do are at uh, Mount Carmel in Williamsburg. Those, oh, okay. Those are, like, you know, the main ones. And then Chris had worked out a deal with uh, Queens Brewery, so we've done some stuff there. Um, so I think he was thinking about maybe doing the women's shows there from now on. Okay. So but I'm going to just talk to him. When he tells me to jump, I tell, I ask how high, and we figure out the rest as we go. Yeah. So. Do you just do just the women's one right now for now? No, no. We just did uh, two weeks ago. We did one of our main men and women shows at the church. Nice. And uh, it's cool because they're, they're a much more progressive church. So a couple, you know, people kind of see it like, oh, showing the church must be all about God. No. They no. Just, they let us have fun. You know, and yeah. everybody gets drunk and has fun, and it's a good time. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, so dude. It should be, you know? <laughs> yeah, not without a doubt, but listen, life is too short, and you gotta have fun. It's like, you know, like you've probably had so many, what I've gathered is you seem like a deep guy, and you think, obviously, you have a functioning brain, but I don't know, <laughs> because... I've spoken to people, and it's, like, really hard to fucking, you Pulling know. teeth, yeah. Yeah, pulling teeth. But, like, you must have had so many, like, oh, shit moments. Like, how the fuck, like, living in that moment, like, holy shit, how the fuck did I get here oh, absolutely. Shit. And that's, you know, we were talking and about you it. And I feel that you appreciate that shit. Oh, like, every second of it, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that day, off the back, you know? yeah. And, you know, we were talking about before we came on here about our mutual friend, Vinny. Yes, Vinny Paz, yes. Shout out to Vinny. Shout out to Vinny. Uh, The creator of the best entrance music in professional wrestling right now, which is mine. Uh, (laughs) Oh, he did awesome, man. He's he's the best. Um, We talk about this shit all the time, like... Oh, he's a he's a when, fucking mark. Well, well, wrestling, Jay, sure. not even wrestling, just life. We get we yeah. You know, I got my bouts with insomnia sometimes. I know he's up. Oh, he's up. So we just start going. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, he he even says it. He says he he keeps serial killer out. Yeah. 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 He's but, up yeah. all the time. He's he's we, sleeps during the day. He's up all night writing and shit. Yeah, yeah. We we just went from you know just chatting on you know Twitter DM a little bit. Yeah. To him making me my entrance music, which I can't even imagine coming to the ring for, with anything else now because he just did such a good job. Of yeah. It. And did it, you know, made me a producer on it so I could use it wherever I need to. I mean, hooked me up. And yeah. to, that just, it just spiraled into like, he's a guy that I know if I'm ever in a bind, I can call. Yeah. You know, he's, he's that kind of dude. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, he's a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, he's amazing. And, you know, his whole crew and, you know, like we're talking about Gavin and, uh, the OG, the man yeah. of the people. Yep. Fucking, even, that, even, that. even Pablo, who, you know, yeah. uh, hey, hey, Pablo. <laughs> all right, we'll give he, Pablo his shot. He bust my balls too much for me to really put him over. But. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a ball breaker. Yeah, he's the, oh, yeah. He's going to get his balls broken. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, that whole crew is awesome. Man. Yeah, they are, man. They and are. I, as much as I know I could call Vinny for something, he knows I'm right on the other side of it. So he's, he's really become a good friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's funny how I've, by listening to, by ne- ne- never meeting Vinny, never meeting any of those guys, I started listening to, I found that, I, I was, I guess I was a little late to the game, it was like the second or the third episode of the Broad Street Breakdown mm-hmm. podcast that those guys do. I started which listening, awesome. which is fucking, yeah. it's great, I wish they would do it more often, but, <laughs> but I understand, they have lives and they have kids, and I, no, I, I completely get that. Me, I'm, a, I'm fucking half retarded, <laughs> and I don't care, I, I, whatever, I just go and I just bullshit, whatever, it's a different deal, whatever. Um, I do wish they would do it more often, though. But I started listening. I think it was like the second or the third episode. I'm like, oh, shit, Vinny has a podcast. And I'm kind of glad that... I don't know if that's the right words, but I'm kind of glad that it's not only about... you know. At first, I'm thinking, all right, it's just going to be about you know Jedi Mind Tricks right. and Vinny Solo stuff and Army of the Fowers and all that stuff. But I'm glad it's not. It's, just like, it's like you would never really realize that he is who he is through that podcast because they don't talk about that. Really. Sure, unless he has like a new video or a new record coming yeah. out, he'll plug it real quick. But then he's in and out with that shit. Yeah, Dear, you know what I mean? Dear Vin's my favorite thing. It's the f- uh. it, how batshit crazy is Dear <laughs> Vin, dude. It's great. Yo, he gets legit mad. Know, he's like, is. yo, like I don't even know if I want to read this uh, shit anymore on here. So it good. is so fucking <laughs> batshit and so fucking funny because people are really like that. People fucking yo, people take advantage of these fuck this this. 
easy access to people and write some really oh, fucking yeah, crazy absolutely. shit. So that, 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 I think that's, that goes back to even the flip side of people being uh, a lot more shy now in person yeah. with people. But people don't know how to interact they socially. Put the keyboard in their hand. Oh, 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 yeah. They're the most outgoing person in the world, and in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad way. And I'm like, man, if I saw you in the street, you would run. Of and course. Like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. it's the worst. Oh, dude, like, I'll be, like, at a show, like, at a... At a, at a yeah, know. just took the negative turn, folks. Get yeah, ready. Just it, took a hard left. There you go. Yo, I'll, t- I'll, go to, I'll be, like, at a show, where, like, I go to this hardcore in Philly every year yeah. and for four days, and, you know, people will... I'll go to a horror convention, and, and somebody will come up to me and be like... I'm over here now because that's how I always end this fucking podcast. Like, it's a whole dice rip off, yeah. you know? So people will be like, oh, you're over here now. And I'll turn around. I'm like, oh, what's up? Like, your face will look familiar. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, I was like, all right, we're friends on Facebook. So, But it's cool that, and I thank them for actually coming up to me and saying hello in real life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's rare nowadays no, because it's, of this it's shit. Brutal. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to take it on a negative. We got to end on a positive. I want to give the room back to the girls since we've kicked uh, them out. Okay. So but real quick, <laughs> well, which, which, what's fucking cool is is that I, I started listening to the Broad Street Breakdown, and then at the time I was booking hardcore shows at Lucky Thirteen in Brooklyn. And as I'm listening to the pod, to, to their podcast, I was listening to whatever episodes where where Gavin was putting his band Done yeah, Deal together. Done Deal. Yeah. So then, and then as I'm listening, as I'm listening, so then once he announced it, blah blah blah, then. I, then that's when I sent him a friend request, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, if you guys ever, you know, if you guys want to play Brooklyn, yeah. feel free to hit me up." I was on, I was on the road that weekend because I was talking to Vinny about coming down and, and coming and supporting them. But yeah, I, I had to miss it. So I hear you. No, and then but then he's like, "Yeah, man," and they wound up. I wound up going to uh, like they played a show, and then we met, and then we met face to face, and the next thing you know, one thing led to another, and then he asked me, he's like, "Yo, I need your address." I'm like, "All right," because they would be sending me dumb deal fucking yeah. shirts and shit. I'm like, all right, but I'm, but I was like, for what? And he's like, a wedding invitation. I'm like, really? Like, like how fucking yeah. cool is that? You know what I mean? Like, I was honored. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, man. Like, thank you so much. And then yeah. from there, that that's where I met Vinny at OG's wedding yeah. and this and that. And then you know, but I still have to get Vinny on here, and, and I know that it's geography and time and all that stuff, but. And serial killer hours. It, and serial, <laughs> which I don't care because I'm pretty much up serial yeah, killer hours too. I feel you. But it's all good, man. But yeah, shout out to those guys, Absolutely. man. They're fucking aces. I have nothing but respect and love for those guys. Always, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, well, where can everybody find you? Is there, can, can anyone buy any like Bull James merch or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I got uh, bulljames.bigcartel.com. Okay. Uh, when I get back from Japan, I'm going to restock a bunch of stuff. So I got some new stuff coming out that I'm excited about. That'd be cool. Okay. Um, but you can find me Twitter, Instagram, at RealBullJames. Uh, please reach out. Um, I'm not, I don't interact as much on the Twitter anymore, but that's just because it's kind of become a cesspool. But if you're cool and you hit me up, We'll talk and have some fun. Yeah. Um, Instagram, I'm on a lot more, but like I said, I still pay attention to it. So if somebody hits me up and they seem like a cool person, I'll be more than happy to interact with them and have right. some fun. And just goof around on the internet, you know? Yeah, man. So, absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time and I no, appreciate man, thanks for me on. I, I, I appreciate you giving me your time and choosing, you know, allowing me to have nah. you on my podcast. <laughs> Because, hey, oh, if you're no, picky about it, I appreciate that you, you know, that you gave me the shot yeah, to no, sit down and bullshit. No, I and meet you. Down. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate no, it. Anytime. Yeah, man. Much respect. You Follow too. this guy. Fucking, this guy's aces. We're over here now. <laughs>